They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz summer event, like the 2019 C-Class sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz summer event, now serving limited time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Welcome to Laying the Points, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by MyBookie. I'm Anthony Amico. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co-host is Action Network writer Matt LaMarca. You can follow on Twitter at Matt LaMarca. Matt, how's it going? Going really well. Great time of year to be a sports fan. Got, you know, a lot of college basketball obviously coming up. NBA getting into the home stretch. And personally, I, I had so much fun rooting for Tiger this weekend, so... Everything uh, just looking like it's going to be a great week slash weekend of sports action. Yeah, I'm definitely really excited, and we'll be talking March Madness in a second. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. But before we get into the show, I just want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz Pass by subscribing to the podcast homepage, rotaviz.com slash podcast. So like Matt said, the madness is here. That's right. The NCAA tournament is about to get underway. We're getting this out to you guys a day earlier than usual. We're taping this on a Tuesday. It'll be released to you on Wednesday so that you have all the time you need to listen and prepare to make some money this March. We're going to go region by region, give you a little bit of a breakdown. Obviously, our focal point here is betting, but we'll certainly talk a little bit about uh, you know, some other teams that we like, maybe to make some noise. We'll start with the East Regional, where the number one seed is Villanova. They are 30-4. and four. Their Ken Palm ranking is number two, and they are plus 100 to win the region. Number two seed is Purdue, 28-6. and six. Ken Palm ranking is five, and they are plus 220. Texas Tech is 24-9. and nine. Ken Palm ranking is 12, and they are plus 650. Wichita State is 25-7. and seven. Their Ken Palm ranking is 20. Uh, currently no odds listed at mybookie.ag. Mystery um, team. Yeah, mystery team. I, maybe the Wichita Crazies, they just pound the book, and there's just <laughs> no way to get the two-way. Uh, but uh, before we talk about who we think will win this region, let's talk a sleeper team that we like. This is a team outside of the top four seeds that we think can make some noise. Uh Matt, you go first. <laughs> so I really don't see a team that I truly like. Um, West Virginia, I think, as a five seed, you know, you slot them in over Wichita, and and that's pretty much my sweet sixteen in this region. I think this one's going to be relatively chalky. Um, Wichita, I think, is one team that I could see actually losing in the first round. So outside of them, I think that this is a pretty straightforward uh, region. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. Like West Virginia, it, like you said, it's kind of like the only team that I think can upset like a top four seed. And then I just don't really see them beating Nova. So it's like doesn't really, it almost like doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm pretty good with that. Uh, what about a potential Cinderella? This will be for us an eight seed or lower. Who do you think can make it to the sweet 16? Yeah, so I just mentioned that I think Wichita could go down early. Right now, uh, the Action Network simulation gives them only a 4.9% chance to reach the Final Four. Um, And and just as a quick shameless plug here, you got to check out the Action Network for all the stuff that they have on the NCAA tournament. Just the wealth of knowledge and stuff there is is outstanding. I'll obviously be relying on that a bit here with some of my analysis, but there's just so much more that you can get into um, with a subscription. Some of it is free, some of it you need a subscription. Um, so yeah, I think Wichita State definitely could go down in the first round, which gives me Marshall. Uh, I don't know if they can get past West Virginia. 
Again, I, I think this is a little bit of a chalky-ish division, but I do think that Marshall makes some sense for someone, uh, you know, trying to take a calculated risk early in your bracket. Uh, they currently have the best odds out of any 13 through 15 seed to win their first round matchup over at the Action Network. They simulated the tournament 10,000 times, tracked the results. So I kind of like Marshall there. Uh, I think that's going to be, you know, an early upset that I'm going to have penciled in. Yeah, I think it's a good pick. Uh, I just went with Virginia Tech, and I this kind of goes with the theme of I think that this bracket's going to be pretty chalky. I don't really think that they have a great chance to beat a team like Nova, but they are pretty battle-tested. They've beaten Virginia. They've beaten Duke, uh, UNC, and Clemson. So uh, they've definitely beaten good teams. They've proven that they could go and uh, you know win against solid competition. I think it's obviously a slim chance against Nova because they're probably one of the, you know, obviously one of the best four teams in the bracket. Um, but they're probably my pick, I guess, to to make the Sweet 16, make a little bit of noise. Yeah, and uh, one of those underseeds. Buzz Williams, that head coach, former uh, Marquette guy. You know, he's taken some teams on some deep runs. So I think that, yeah, if you are going to look for a, a super contrarian bracket and you want to go against Villanova, who I think most people will have in at least the Elite Eight, if not the Final Four, I think that, uh, you know, picking them to go down to a Virginia Tech could be an interesting pick. Yeah, and just actually, since you brought up the brackets, and I know that's like like everyone listening to this podcast has filled, a, filled out at least one bracket. Like, the the way to win the brackets to me is not with, like, the early round picks. Like, you just, I think if you're just contrarian in your in your tournament winner or in at least, like, one of your teams in the in the Final Four, like, that's... That's where the big differentiation occurs because that's where all the points are. So if you, you know, if you fade, if you fade a Nova, if you fade a, a Duke, you know, like a team that's going to be really popular in the final four, like that might be enough. Like the, those little points that you're going to get for like getting a first round upset right or wrong, they don't really accumulate that much. So I, I kind of think like you can be really, really chalky and then just be a little contrarian with like your winner. Yep. And that's, that's enough. I was going to bring that up later too. So I'm glad you did now. Uh, I like to, if I know that I'm not going to have, like, Villanova in my Final Four or my Elite Eight, I might pick them to go down one round earlier than I might really think, just because if it does happen, it puts you in a really excellent spot. Um, but I saw Adam Levitan actually tweet earlier, and, and Jonathan Bales wrote about this as well, and both of those guys are obviously super sharp in the fantasy sports industry, but... Doing a bracket and, and just picking chalk teams is actually one of the only times that you can be sort of optimal and contrarian at the same time. You oh, know, yeah. everybody thinks they have to pick these big upsets, but if you go with a conservative bracket and then just have a team winning the thing that is undervalued, you're going to put yourself in a great position more than likely if that team that you choose does well. Now, if you go with a chalk bracket and then you have somebody like Duke or Villanova or Virginia, then you're going to need to get all the other games right. But if you do that and then have a team that you're going to be one of the only few people, you know, picking to win the whole thing, you can make up a lot of ground. So, yeah, I think that echoes a lot of what you just said, Anthony. But, um, yeah, I think that you want to sort of be contrarian more with your winner than in terms of like filling out a crazy bracket. It feels good to be on the same page as uh, Johnny Bales. Yeah, uh, definitely feels good. That's the only win. The only one I need tonight. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk Final Four for this region. Uh, I think we've both talked a little bit about how chalky we think it is, but who do you like to get to the Final Four here out of the East? I'm going to Villanova. I think they have a very easy path. Um, One of the Action Network pieces looks at you know, the given team's road to the Final Four, and and I believe they concluded that Villanova had the easiest road. Uh, They have the best offense in the country, and I should just clarify, we mentioned Ken Palm ratings at the beginning. That's basically like a Pythagorean theorem where it takes your offensive efficiency and your defensive efficiency squares them both. So you're getting value for being a good offensive team or a good defensive team, preferably both. And Villanova has the best offense in the country per Ken Palm. So uh, I think that they won't really even be tested until they get to the Elite Eight. Uh, Where I think that Texas Tech is a legitimate threat to them. They're the third best defensive team in the country. And defense travels in these games. You know, if you're a team that relies on offense to win, 
and you have a cold shooting night, you could be in trouble. But defense pretty much always shows up. So I think that Texas Tech is actually somewhat appealing at plus 650 to win the region. Uh, but that said, I'm still picking Villanova here to advance to the Final Four. Yeah, I'm going to go a little contrarian here, and I'm going to go with Purdue. Uh, you mentioned the Ken Palm ratings. Uh, Purdue is just behind Villanova in terms of adjusted offense. Uh, they're only slightly behind Nova in adjusted defense. So I, I actually think that this is a pretty good matchup. And the really nice thing about a team like Purdue is that, uh, you know, they are among one of the best teams in the country in terms of three-point shooting uh, and efficiency. So I, I feel like those two kinds of teams, you know, if you're going to beat a team that's maybe a little bit better than you, being able to knock down the three is obviously big. Certainly that means that they could fall off a little earlier if those shots aren't falling. And they did have a losing streak earlier this season. But I actually think that Purdue is maybe uh, going a little bit under the radar in this region, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, a little just over two times the odds to to win the region at plus 220. I actually kind of uh, I kind of like that. Uh, let's move over to the Midwest where we have one seed Kansas. Their Ken Palm rating is nine and they are plus 200 to win the region. Uh, kind of an odd situation here, I guess, with the rest of the seeds, because it seems like Kansas is, you know, the third best team in the <laughs> in the region, despite being the one seed. Because right. Duke. 26 and 7, their Ken Palm ranking is third and they're plus 150. Michigan State, Ken Palm ranking is six and they're plus 180. So both favored over Kansas to win the region. Uh, and then we have Auburn, who's the four seed, whose Ken Palm ranking is 16th and they are plus 650. Uh, so some pretty interesting stuff here. And we'll definitely talk a little bit about more about those seeds in a moment. But let's talk sleepers first, Matt. Who do you like uh, in this region? Yeah, so sort of the advanced statistics and Vegas both seem to agree that Kansas was a little overseeded here. Uh, and I agree with that. They're very reliant on their offense, and they can obviously score a, a bunch of points on anybody, but I already said I kind of like fading offensive teams in the tournament. And Kansas is a team that has disappointed a lot in the tournament. So my sleeper team here is actually Seton Hall. Um, they've got a, a difficult matchup in the first round against NC State, you know, in the 8-9 battle. But I think Seton Hall is much more talented than the typical 8 seed. Um, their Ken Palm rating was 26th, which, which should make them more like a 6 or a 7. So I think they got underseeded here a bit. Um, they have a pretty good uh, inside presence with Angel D'Angelo. And Yudoka Azubuke is expected to be cleared for Kansas. He's one of their stud freshmen uh, big men, but he could be somewhat limited. And if I can, you know, bet against a banged up Kansas Jayhawk team that already disappoints every year in the tournament, in my opinion, I'm definitely looking to do that. So this is one of those situations where I would have Kansas losing in the uh, Sweet 16 anyway. So I think when I fill out my brackets, I'm going to have them going down to uh, Seton Hall one round earlier and hope to score you know, sort of some additional points in those early rounds with that sort of uh, strategy. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I'm, I don't, I, you know, we're, we're good friends. So I guess it makes sense that we have a lot of similar thoughts on like these teams, but it's like Kansas. I just hate, I hate Kansas. Like I love picking <laughs> against Kansas. I feel like it's just money every year unless they go and win the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> but I, I want to give a little bit of love uh, to University of Rhode Island. Uh, you know, they are, uh, 13th in the RPI, so I kind of think that they could potentially beat a team like a Duke. Uh, Duke is uh, one of my favorite teams in the whole tournament, so I don't think it's necessarily, uh, you know, obviously a great chance of happening, but I kind of felt like they were underseeded with a 7. Uh, they do have a win against the top 25, despite being in, in kind of a lower conference. Uh, and another thing that I, I typically like about some tournament teams is, is the senior-heavy teams, and that's... Mm. That's Rhode Island. They have four seniors that kind of lead their squad. Uh, that's kind of, uh, I think, a catalyst for some of these deep runs that these smaller seeds make. So, uh, again, I don't think it's a great shot. I actually think that this bracket is a little more top-heavy than than uh, the East, which we talked about first, just because I think all three of these teams, or at least the two and the three, are both really, really good. And that kind of makes it hard for some of these uh, lower seeds, I think, to make a run. Yeah, I agree with that, and I, I like Rhode Island, but they did draw a pretty tough matchup with Texas in the first round, so it wouldn't shock me if they went down uh, you know, in the 7-10 matchup, honestly, to begin with. 
No, they play. Uh, I thought they played Oklahoma first. I think, they, I think that's who they play. All right. Well, I like that a lot better then. <laughs> <laughs> Oklahoma sucks. <laughs> Oklahoma's been like the whooping boy of the tournament since the bracket came out. I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. They. I mean, they started the year so hot and have disappointed. You're right. It is Oklahoma. That's that's my fault. Texas is also a ten, I believe, and I just got yeah, them, they are uh, got them backwards. You know, I got love for my boy Shaka. I mean, that's the, that's a that's a totally different story. Uh, what do you think about a Cinderella out of this bracket? I kind of like whoever wins out of Arizona State and Syracuse in this playing game. Uh, I'm leaning Arizona State for sure over Syracuse. I think that there was, you know, a lot of people that feel Syracuse didn't belong in the tournament and got in on their name alone, and I wouldn't necessarily disagree. But we normally see one of these first four or last four in teams, I should say, get out of the first week. So I think that the winner of this game is the best candidate to do that. I think that their road is a little easier having to go through TCU. Um, I don't think they can necessarily beat Michigan State, but I I like them at at least to potentially pull off the first round upset of the Horned Frogs. Yeah, I I don't really like anyone. Like these underseeds... They just don't really do it for me. I, I think that unless I guess you're going to go through like an Auburn or a Clemson, you know, maybe you can kind of sneak in that way. But I don't really think that like New Mexico State, Charleston, I don't think that those those are the right teams to do it. I wish that we had one of these more competitive, uh, like 11s or 12s or, or sorry, 12s or 13s down there because I kind of think that there would be some upset potential. But I, I don't think it's here. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to punt on this category. Uh, let's talk Final Four, Matt. Uh, this is probably one of the more competitive bra- uh, regions. So, what are, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, it's real close for me between Duke and Michigan State, but I'm gonna side with Duke here. Uh, seventh in defense, third in offense this season, and their defense has been better since they switched to a more zone-heavy scheme. So, I think that this team might be the most complete in the country, and you know how much it pains me to say that because I'm like such a non-Duke guy. <laughs> I love rooting against the Blue Devils, but I think that this team, you know, they're they're obviously super talented with, um, you know, the, their elite freshmen that they have, and then they also have a senior in Grayson Allen who has been here before, has won a national title before, so uh, a lot to like with Duke. It won't shock me at all if Michigan State knocks them off, but uh, I'm going to side with the Blue Devils. Yeah, I uh, I'm gonna echo your sentiments here, and you know I'm I'm always into all things related to basically any draft that happens in this country. Um, Marvin Bagley and Wendell Carter Jr. are both guys who could potentially go in the top ten in the NBA draft uh, come the summer. So I you know anytime that you have two pros and then a feisty senior like Grayson Allen, I feel like uh, you have a really really good shot to make a deep run in the tournament. Such a classic floor-slapping Duke guy, you know? Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I actually don't really like him at all. He, but well, I, he's, you know. he's definitely a little dirtier than their typical player. Um, but, yeah, I'll never forget when he sort of came out in his freshman year and threw down that one dunk. I don't know if you remember that, but it was like, man, where'd this guy come from? And <laughs> he's gone on to have a pretty good career for them. So hopefully he, uh, you know, doesn't knee anyone or trip anyone in this in this tournament and can actually manage to to stay on the floor for them be smart please even if coach k has to just like lock him up (laughs) like that's one in the hours between games like just stay out of trouble grayson um we're gonna be right back to talk south regional but first we're gonna have a quick interview with rafael esparza easy parking with easy trip now available at dundrum town center so you can now use your toll tags to park in our car parks. Simply register at easytrip.ie forward slash parking. Easy parking with Easy Trip. Dundrum, where more happens. All right, we are back once again with Rafael Esparza. He is a lines consultant for mybookie.ag, uh, and he's been gracious enough to come on with us and discuss a little bit about the NCAA tournament this week. Uh, Rafael, how's everything going? Uh, you know, it's a little bit busy here. Uh, it's funny how uh, I'm already excited and the tournament hasn't started because yesterday we had the CIT tournament on TV. Tonight we have uh, it's the first couple of games of, at a tournament, that, but don't forget the NIT tournament, which has some great matchups. You get to see uh, some teams that 
thought there'd be dancing, but are there uh, slow dancing in the NIT? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a great time of year if you're a sports fan. Um, so let's let's talk from a Vegas perspective. How much money do you guys usually see come in during the tournament? I, I imagine this has got to be, you know, the second biggest event of the year behind the Super Bowl. Uh, it, it it is. It's funny when if you ask a ticket writer or a supervisor or a manager or director, uh, the first four days of college uh, basketball, the NCAA tournament is the worst than and then twenty Super Bowls uh, combined because you just have four days of nonstop action. The Super Bowl is just one game and a right, whole bunch right. of props. The March Madness the games tip off our time at nine o'clock and then the last tip is at nine o'clock. So you just have nonstop action. Uh, so if, if you ask a supervisor, ticket writer, myself, who used to be behind the counter, uh, I'd rather deal with the Super Bowl any day of the week in the first four days of March Madness because it's just complete chaos. And I feel bad for the ticket writers and the supervisors who are taking the abuse of the college kids who are maxing out their parents' credit cards with their $20 parlays because it's, it's spring break time as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, it's, uh, I feel bad for them. That's why I always tell people, even though I'm not in the industry anymore, but tip, tip those ticket writers and stuff like that because they take a lot of abuse right now. Right, probably getting berated for drink tickets and stuff too. Yeah, and then the, the, someone will always come up, can I have the Cardinals for uh, for $20? And you're like, what, Louisville, St. Louis? Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of mascots, Cardinals or Indians, so you can't. You have to be more specific. Um, all right, let's move on to, uh, to, to some of the individual stuff here. How um, do you guys go about setting the lines for these teams Given that you know they're typically in different conferences, they they often don't even have you know many common opponents. Uh, what's the ultimate goal here with the line setting? I mean, the ultimate goal, of course, is the same thing as anything booking. You're getting two way action, but when you look for March Madness, you already automatically know if you put a number up at let's say twenty, 20 in the twenties. Uh, you're going to get bombarded of underdog money because that's what these uh, uh, that's what these college betters do. That's what the public does during March Madness. They love the underdog story, and yet to think Gonzaga for what 20 years ago, it seems like it was yesterday, but uh, the way the Gonzaga just burst through the NCAA tournament and created this underdog story. I mean, we had George Mason a couple of years ago. We've had Butler seems like back-to-back season. So anytime you put a big number up, you need to make sure you get that two-way action. Uh, I'm the favorite that most likely is going to win because uh, that's right there. It can burn you right away uh, if you put a huge number up and, and you just get bombarded of that money. I mean, of course, you're going to have, uh, for instance, on Thursday, of course, you're going to get Duke money uh, at the same time. But I can guarantee you uh, they'll be lopsided with Iona money coming in plus 20. So it, it's very difficult to, to set these numbers. So you really don't want to set them too high because you know the public is going to jump on there, but there's some games where you just, you expect to lose. And then you're trying to make up money on other games, like the closer games, like the, let's say San Diego state in Houston, uh, which is only a three, three and a half point favorite, uh, the Miami loyal Chicago, Chicago, which if it wasn't for the Ramblers, but playing really well, I mean, Miami should have been the four or five point favorite. And I still think the Ramblers as loyal as Chicago is still going to get a lot of love at plus two, but you can always guarantee you're going to get that money on the favorite. So you may look at a game that let's say Duke Iona, let's say Duke wins, but doesn't cover and you might get buried on that game, but you have to look forward to those closer games where you can make up that money. Right. That makes sense. And yeah, Loyola Chicago definitely seems to be a trendy underdog pick right now. Yeah, I mean, I would say between uh, between them and uh, there's another one on third. Uh, uh, both uh, both uh, STSU's uh, on Thursday, San Diego State and uh, San, uh, South Dakota State, both of them uh, are, are are pretty big. Are getting a lot of love right now for the for the underdog story. So you mentioned Duke right now. Them, uh, Villanova, and Virginia are all tied as the favorites to win on my bookie at plus four hundred. Nova and Virginia, they're number one seeds, uh, the top two seeds in the whole tournament. But Duke is a two. How how common or uncommon is it for a team not seeded on the one line to be favorites to win this thing? Well, it's very. I mean, because if you kind of look back back through a couple of March Madnesses, I mean, almost well, there's a couple of years ago when all four number one. I mean, or three out of four. This year, you can bet it at even money. Right now, the only one number one seed 
gets into the uh, gets into the final four at, at my bookie, and I think that's a I think that's the best one. I I see only one number one seed going through. I do have Duke uh, as uh, as a final four coming out of the Midwest, but nor this is a very weird. I mean, every, yes, Virginia is a number one a seed in a tournament, but I think they uh, they can get knocked off as early as maybe the second round. I think the winner of the Creighton-Kansas State, I think I have Creighton going up, but I think Creighton can give them uh, a, a big game in the second round. Xavier, I think they're one of the, a lot of vulnerable uh, uh, people have them with, with North Carolina in the West, uh, Gonzaga, the fourth seed in the West, uh, Ohio State is in there. So I think everyone has Xavier maybe wiping out. But uh, for me, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, one number one C goes in there, but I like this Duke team. I think uh, I think they're going to roll uh, coming out of the Midwest. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not a Duke guy. Love to root against Duke, but it's hard not to like what they've done this year. They they look pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, and like I, and like I said, uh, uh, them coming out of the Midwest. Uh, we all know what Kansas has done in the past, being a big seed, a number one seed. So I think that doesn't really scare them. I think if you're a Duke fan, I think maybe. Uh, the only teams that might scare you is look out for Seton Hall. That's a nice eight seed that can make some noise uh, coming on there. And of course, Michigan State. Yeah. And let's let's talk about Xavier a little bit. They definitely seemed to uh, get overseeded with the one. I mean, they, they might have had the resume to deserve it, but it seems like nobody really respects them. They only have the fourth best Vegas odds right now to win their region. Uh, if the if the lines makers were setting these seeds, what do you think Xavier would have would have found themselves at? Ooh, wow, that's a good one. Uh, you know, I, I I do believe that they deserve the number one spot. I mean, they're plus three thirty to win their region. Uh, uh, I, I think North Carolina at plus two fifty. I think that that's their resume. I think that's their name that's getting plus two fifty. They've had some bad losses. Same thing with Gonzaga at plus two fifty. I mean, they played a, a weak schedule on there. So uh, the West region, I think, is, is pretty wide open. But if you're looking at a while, a, a long shot uh, in, in that conference, so look at Ohio State, 9-1. to one. I, mean, yep. I mean, I know they played in, in the Big Ten and all that. But the, uh, another one you may want to look at, San Diego State. Wow, they looked really good in the Mountain West. And if their offense can play as uh, like it did in the Mountain West tournament and their defense always plays uh, great ball no matter uh, who's on the court for San Diego State, Getting them forty to one to win the West Region uh, is a nice ticket to have because you, maybe you can start hedging if they. Uh, I know they have to get past uh, Houston and they have to play the winner of the Michigan Montana game, but if you can get them to the Sweet Sixteen and you got that uh, forty to one ticket to, to win the West Region, you can start hedging uh, off on that Sweet Sixteen ticket. So I like those two if you're looking for long shots in the West Region, nine to one Ohio State. And like I said, the Aztecs, I know everyone likes to pick, make fun of uh, my Mountain West Conference here uh, <laughs> in, in Vegas, but uh, you have to be impressed with what San Diego State did over, the, over last weekend. Yeah, and San Diego State has had some success in this tournament before. Uh, this would, and That would also be a nice leverage pick away from Michigan, who it seems like is going to be another really you know sort of trendy underdog type pick. Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of people like to back the hot teams coming in a tournament, and uh, hats off to Michigan. Uh, they're they're red hot and and they're playing uh, great ball, and not not just the offense but defense as well. And if they play again like they did over the weekend, uh, they're going to be a tough out. So uh, I agree on Michigan. Uh, I think the Michigan Montana game. I know the total is a little bit low. I think one thirty three. Uh, I think that's going to be a high scoring game. I, I would not be shocked if uh, if that one uh, goes over. That's going that's going to be one of the better games I think uh, in the first round. And not that many people are going to probably want to watch. Cause I like this Montana team, but Michigan Montana three fourteen game first round should be a bar- should be a really good game. All right. Anybody getting uh, sharp action here, either to win their region or or the whole tournament? You would have to say uh, Arizona is probably getting a lot of sharp action because I, I think the people are starting to realize maybe the chip on their shoulder is for real because what I saw against USC in the championship game, what I saw all Pac-12 tournament, I mean, if you're if you're an Arizona coach or Arizona uh, ball boy or something like that, just scream uh, FBI probe or fixes in <laughs> during halftime or before the game and get these kids fired up because these kids are coming out with uh, with some great games, a great team defense, and I, and I think that the betters are starting to realize that at uh, with Arizona to win the region at plus two eighty and to win it all, uh, I think Arizona is probably one of the, uh, the bigger tickets out there. And of course, I mean the Midwest region, 
we can't beg for anybody to can't pick Kansas at two to one. We're getting just dumped by Duke and Michigan State money coming in to win the West region. So if we can if we can get a, a Kansas ticket at two to one, I think we're offering a free six pack. <laughs> yeah, and, and going back to what you said about Arizona, it helps to have arguably the best player in the country on your team in DeAndre Ayton. So. Yeah, I mean it's great, and you can still get them ten to one to win the to to win it all. I mean that's outstanding odds for for a team that's so talented and the number one draft pick on there. Uh, I think that's great, great, great value grabbing Arizona at ten to one right now. All right, on the record, I'm putting you on the spot. Who's winning it this year? Wow, uh, you know what? I, I, I'm going to chip on the shoulder. Uh, my brother-in-law's a big Arizona uh, uh, a fan, and uh, my wife's a big Arizona fan. My uh, uh, my uh, some one side of the family, uh, my sister went to ASU, so I always like to poke fun of them when Arizona does something <laughs> okay. good. So I, I, I'm going with the hot tree. I'm I'm going with the kids that feel disrespected, dis uh, disallowed, and and everyone's out to get them. And again, 10 to one with the best player on the court, most likely going to be the number one draft pick. Uh, give me the Arizona Wildcats to win it all. All right. You heard it from Rafael Esparza. Arizona wins the national title that will probably be vacated at some point down the line. I, I get to take down the banner though. That's what that's, what, <laughs> that's for me picking it. I get to take down the banner. All right. That works for me. Uh, Rafael, thanks again for coming on and we will talk to you next week. Take it easy. Have a great week and uh, enjoy the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of Madness. Absolutely. Will do. All right. We're back. Uh, another great interview with Matt and Rafael Asparza. We had the, the quick one-week sub with me last week, but uh, back to what I think is a really nice combo with you and, and Rafael, Matt. A lot of really good stuff, I thought, there uh, this week. Yeah, he, he definitely has an insider's uh, edge. Very interested to hear what he had to say about Arizona. Um, I kind of had them as like a, a potential fade team, but I'm, but I'm kind of reconsidering that now. Uh, obviously like a super talented team, but has really underperformed in my opinion all year. So we'll see. I mean, maybe all this stuff did galvanize them and they're going to just steamroll everybody. That'd be really cool. Uh, before we get into the next region, it's just really important guys that I talk to you about the boatload of money that you can make this week betting at my bookie March madness is here. You can lay down some serious money and score big on college hoops. Hopefully, you're doing that with the help of the Laying the Points podcast. Uh, but you definitely want to join you know, myself, Matt, thousands of online players that are going to be betting on mybookie.ag. If you're sick and tired of getting the runaround when asking for a payout at your book, join mybookie today. It's the only service that I'd recommend to you and anyone else that asks me about online sports wagering. I urge you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay, and they pay fast without any hassles. You're absolutely wasting your time betting anywhere else. Join now. My bookie will match your first deposit with a 50% deposit bonus. You can even enter for a chance to win a million dollars in their bracket challenge. That's right. Six zeros, a million dollars. Just use promo code LANGTHEPOINTS to activate this special offer. Visit my bookie today. You play, you win, you get paid. Mybookie.ag. Let's get into the South region where number one seed Virginia is looking to make a nice run in this tournament. They are the top overall team in Ken Palm and plus 100 to win the region. That's even money for those of you who uh, are new to this. Cincinnati has a Ken Palm rating of four and they are plus 220. Tennessee has a Ken Palm rating of 11 and they are plus 500. And the aforementioned Arizona team is 21st in Ken Palm plus 300 to win the region. Matt, who do you like as a sleeper? Yeah, so it's it's got to be Kentucky for me. I mean, in terms of just raw talent, you know that this team is right up there with any team in the country. Um, they've played better down the stretch of the season. Calipari, certainly not the in-game tactician that you're looking for at head coach, but this team, like, would it shock anyone if they ended up making it to the Final Four? I, I don't think so. Matt, I'm going to ask you a question. I, I want you to answer honestly without using the outline. Okay. If if I told you that between Kentucky and Davidson, one of these two teams had three wins against the top 25 and the other team had none, who would you say has the three wins? Uh, well, I, I've already read the outline, so I know the answer. <laughs> but for the sake of, of making you look good, I'll say Kentucky. It's not Kentucky, Matt. <laughs> to your Much to your surprise. It is Davidson, 3-5 and five against the top 25 this year. 
I think that they're also an attractive sleeper. And, you know, obviously you mentioned kind of the volatility with Kentucky. I think it works both ways with them. Certainly they can make the deep run, but, you know, the traditional lack of free throw shooting, free throw shooting, the uh, youth overall of the team, I think that also could lead to a potential upset in round one. Uh, Davidson obviously went streaking in the A-10 to make the tournament, uh, but their coach, Bob McKillop, you know, it's the same guy that they had coaching back when they had Steph Curry and they made that nice run. So this is another one of those kind of battle-tested coaches, even at a smaller school. Uh, I definitely think that they have a shot here uh, to beat Kentucky. And honestly, I think that's kind of reflected in the line. I was a little surprised. Only plus five yeah, wow. for Davidson. So I, I kind of think that that maybe uh, maybe Vegas agrees. So yeah, definitely a lot of sleeper appeal with Davidson. Um, they run a really modern motion offense, and they have a lot of perimeter shooting. So it would not shock me if they beat Kentucky, but at the same time, it's a lot of ath- athleticism, and that can really overwhelm these smaller schools at time. So. We'll see what happens. Uh, I w- I personally will be rooting for Davidson. Like that's a fun team to to see make a deep run, but uh, I don't know if they're gonna have the horses to match up with with Kentucky. Just pulling for Davidson to avenge Stony Brook for uh, <laughs> <laughs> for last year. Uh, what about a potential Cinderella in this bracket in yeah. this region? So I think we're gonna agree here, and I think the whole world agrees on Loyola Chicago. Uh, Brian Mears, who, in my opinion, is one of the sharpest uh, basketball-slash-fantasy guys out there, he wrote an article about the top five sleepers, Cinderella's, and busts, and the number one best odds of any double-digit seed making it to the second week in that article was Loyola Chicago. So uh, I think that you know they're going to definitely be a trendy pick. They're only two-point underdogs in the you know, 6-11 matchup. Um, but there's a lot of reason to like them. It kind of reminds me of, and this is going way back, I want to say 2004, maybe 2005, Manhattan was a 12 seed and Florida was a 5, and they were actually favored in Vegas by the time that that game tipped off. Manhattan, that is. So I think that this kind of has some, uh, some parallels to that, in my opinion. Yeah, I can definitely get on board with that. I remember that Manhattan team. That was a lot of fun. So, I mean, we we root for for the underdog. I love that. You know, I, I've pretty much never heard of Loyola Chicago before looking at this bracket. That that makes it a lot of fun. So, yeah, I'm with you on them. I think that they're going to be a, a fun team to track through the tournament. Hopefully they can make a, a nice little run here. Uh, Matt, who do you like going to the Final Four? So, this is where I'm leveraging my bracket. Virginia right now is the most common choice to win the whole uh, tournament. Uh, Something like 20% of all ESPN brackets right now have Virginia cutting down the nets. So I am pivoting to the Cincinnati Bearcats. I really like the Cincinnati team. They're a bit unknown playing in, you know, uh, still a major conference in the AAC, but a little bit of an unknown conference. But they have the number two defense in the country. They can win ugly. And uh, going back to another piece written by the excellent Brian Mears, if you look at what is called the four factors of basketball, which are effective field goal percentage, turnover rate, rebound rate, and free throw percentage, and those all get weighted at different uh, numbers. I won't bore you all with the math, but if you look at these four factors ratings, the Bearcats actually graded out as the number one team in the country. So I like the plus 220 with them to win the region. Uh, and I really like the idea of taking them over Virginia since I think that that's a one seed that a lot of people are going to have advancing to the Final Four. Yeah, I really like all that, Matt. And obviously, since I've spent most of the last 48 hours talking with you about the tournament, (laughs) uh, I agree. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, I mean, the the nice thing, too, about Cincinnati is that since they are the two, like uh, I think Virginia has a really tough – matchup potentially with an Arizona team that we agree I think is a little feisty so it's possible that since he doesn't even have to to beat Virginia uh, and they're very deep so I I definitely agree with everything that you said um, and again you know this is one of the teams that I think you can leverage your bracket with like you said like not a lot of people are going to take them I think you mentioned this I don't know if you just mentioned this just now or, or maybe it was just to me via text but not a lot of people are picking Cincinnati right now so that's 
a huge edge. Like if you basically just pick the whole bracket chalk and then all you do is take Cincinnati to win, you're, you're going to be in really good shape. Uh, let's move on to the West final region for the evening. Number one seed Xavier is 14th in the Ken Palm plus three thirty to win the region. UNC uh, is seventh in Ken Palm plus two fifty. Michigan is 10th in Ken Palm plus 300 and Gonzaga is eighth. So plus two fifty. So again, it looks as though the Ken Palm rankings at the very least would have seeded this region a lot differently. Right. And we did. T- I talked to Raphael about that. Xavier, while they have a very nice resume, they, to me, feel more like a four seed type of team than a one seed. So I think it's going to be very popular to pick against them. Um, you know, this might be another team where you might want to have them go down around earlier than you think that they really will. I definitely like that, Matt. Who do you like as a sleeper? Yeah, so I like Ohio State actually quite a bit. I think this bracket is is one of the more open ones. Um, it's it's deep for sure. They are plus nine hundred right now. They have uh, the best odds for anyone seated below the four line to make the final four, per that sleepers article I referenced earlier. Uh, I also like Houston as the six seed. They have the third best odds of anyone seated below the four seed. So I think that both of those teams could uh, make some noise. Ultimately, Houston might be the one that I lean on to go the furthest because I think that Michigan, uh, while they are going to be a very trendy pick, they have a glaring weakness at the free throw line. They are 330th in the nation in team free throw rate. They shoot something like 66% from the foul line as a team, that is going to make it hard for them to close out games or to pull away from teams in the second half. And I think that that makes them vulnerable to getting upset. I agree with all that. Since you gave two teams, we'll just move right on to the Cinderella's and, and I'll give mine. I think it's Missouri who's an eight seed in this tournament. Uh, Team has been able to find a lot of success this year. I think probably a little bit more than Many people thought with Michael Porter Jr. on the shelf after having surgery, uh, he's back. He just came back for the last game against Georgia, which is a, a two-point loss. But anytime that you get, uh, you know, a lottery player, you know, a, a lottery pick talent like a Porter Jr., I mean, I think honestly before the surgery, he was a guy a lot of people had pegged as like the one or two pick for this upcoming class. The stock's fallen a little bit because some of these other guys have have come out and, and been really good. But uh, I still really think that Missouri can make a little bit of a run. We talked about the relative weakness of Xavier uh, in terms of their seed. I think that Missouri is probably stronger than an eight seed. Uh, they've managed to shoot the ball pretty close to 40% from three on the year. So I think if they can kind of get Porter going, uh, or I should say Porter Jr. going, because they have another Porter on the team, uh, <laughs> it's his brother. But if they can get uh, if they can get him going, you know, and and have him surrounded basically with this really efficient three point shooters. Uh, I, I think that's a pretty scary thought in this tournament. So I actually kind of think that they can make a, a little bit of a run here. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, what do you think about the final four? So for me, this comes down to either Gonzaga or the North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, I think the Tar Heels are going to be the most popular pick to win this region, but I'm going Gonzaga. The Heels. Uh, are the worst team in this tournament in terms of opponent three-point percentage allowed. They are allowing opponents to shoot 38.3% from behind the arc this season. So uh, I think that the Zags will certainly get open looks against them. It's a rematch game from last year. Obviously, both of these teams are drastically different from then. But, uh, you know, they're only one spot lower in the Ken Palm ratings uh, and I think that this Gonzaga team is better than a four seed for sure. I mean, it, it looks like one of the most underseeded teams in the tournament for me. They get the easier road being on Xavier's side of the bracket. So uh, I also think there's less of a chance that they get knocked off before the Elite Eight. And for that reason, I am taking the Gonzaga Bulldogs. A lot of good points. Uh, I'm going to take the other side of that and go UNC. Uh, the one big thing for me... Uh, with the Tar Heels, especially versus a team like Gonzaga, is just strength of schedule. Uh, UNC has the toughest strength, uh, had the toughest schedule this year in the whole country, according to Ken Palm. Gonzaga just won 27th. So, uh, you know, for me, I think I think to win this kind of tournament, being battle tested obviously certainly helps. So I'm, I'm going to take the Tar Heels, although I, I do think that 
Gonzaga certainly is uh, formidable. Uh, let's move on to the final four. We've got that set, Matt. Who do you have making the finals, and who do you think cuts down the nets? So I am going with the Cincinnati Bearcats over the Villanova Wildcats. I have gone back and forth on Villanova and Duke a thousand times. Uh, I really don't know, to be honest. Uh, I'm going to go with Villanova just because I think that they are the better team at the moment, but ultimately it doesn't matter because I'm taking Cincinnati to win. And as you mentioned earlier, right now only roughly 2% of people have Cincinnati as the winning team on ESPN, which means that I can nail them as the winner potentially and not have to really have a perfect bracket around them. So I really like that uh, from a game theory perspective. If you look at on the simulations that were done by Action Network, they have the fourth best odds to win the whole thing at something like 10 or 11%, and yet they're only getting picked by 2% of people. So in terms of just like, uh, you know, teams that are undervalued by the public right now, no one is more undervalued than Cincinnati. So I really like them. Uh, I may go back and, and end up doing Cincinnati over Duke, but I can tell you for sure that I'm going to have the Bearcats cutting down the nets this season. Yeah, I definitely like it from a game theory perspective. I do have Cincy in the final, but ultimately I have them losing to Duke. I just think that this Duke team is way too talented. They're shooting 38% from three on the year. Like I said before, they have you know two lottery picks and obviously one of the best coaches in all of college basketball. In Coach K, Ken Palm has him third, uh, like we said before. So I, I think that Duke is uh, definitely a lot chalkier. I'm sure that uh, a lot more teams, uh, a lot more people have them to win the whole thing. But um, I, I just think that this is this is the year for Coach K and the Blue Devils to kind of to get it done. I know that they get bounced early. Every you know sometimes I feel like the last few years at least they've they've gotten bounced early. But right. they, make they either bounce runs. early or they win it all. <laughs> exactly, that, that seems to be their mo. So I'm going with win it all. Yeah, I'm uh, not. I'm not going to argue too hard against you. Uh, they really feel like the best team in the country. Like if I if I had to, if you put a gun to my head and told me I had to pick the winner, that might be who I would choose too. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to be so violent about it, I guess you know <laughs> you gotta. <laughs> uh, now the other nice thing, especially if you're betting this tournament on my bookie, uh, they offer a bunch of really fun props that I think you can get into for the tournament. Matt, are there any props that you have your eye on right now? Yeah, I love this prop uh, to have a, a number two seed winning it all. So I love Cincinnati. I love Duke. They are both two seeds. You also had UNC and Purdue in your final four. So you literally had all four two seeds making it. I don't think that's that crazy. La, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get, you know... Three, two of the best four teams in the country, in my opinion, with Cincinnati and Duke. One team who's just outside of that tier with UNC. And then another good team in Purdue. You get plus 260 with all of those teams. I think that that's a really, really strong bet. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I have all, all two seeds in my Final Four. So, you know, I agree. Um, for me, and again, I if we're looking for, for bets that give us a nice combination of juice and... Uh, you know, probability to occur. Arizona plus 450 to make the Elite Eight uh, seems like a pretty strong bet to me. Uh, if you look at some of the teams that they would have to face earlier in the tournament, we're talking about, you know, 13-seeded Buffalo. Uh, I certainly think that they could beat uh, the Kentucky team that we mentioned earlier or a team like Davidson should they win. Uh, so most of these odds is going to come from them having to beat Virginia. Uh, but it's possible, like Raphael said in the interview, that, you know, they get knocked off by a team like Creighton. So I think that if Arizona and Virginia play today, the money line on that is probably under two to one. Uh, and I really like their chances to, to get to that, to that game. So uh, I think that there's some decent value here with uh, Aiton and the Wildcats. Yeah, don't hate it. Now let's move on to everyone's favorite segment. That is the Book It, My Bookie Picks of the Week. Matt, what, what are you betting on? What do you want the listeners to bet on this week? Yeah, I'm I'm locking in that two seed prop. I like it quite a bit. Uh, I'm not going to ramble on about it again since I just did, but I think that you know I I would rather have all the two seeds than all the one seeds in this tournament. So I feel like getting two sixty with those odds uh, just makes a lot of sense. 
I like it a lot. And uh, for me, my, my pick of the week, it'll be something that you can hopefully cash in on a little earlier in the tournament. We talked about Loyola Chicago earlier in the show. They play six-seeded Miami. They are two-point underdogs. But I kind of like this as a money line bet. You know, They're back-to-back with Miami in terms of the RPI. Uh, if you look at uh, the Hurricanes and what they have going for them right now, their best player, Bruce Brown Jr., had a stress fracture in January. They were hoping that he could come back for the tournament, but it sounds like that's not going to happen. So uh, without their best player, I really think that obviously it's going to make them a lot more vulnerable. Uh, they're shooting, uh, Loyola is shooting over 50%, and their defense is ranked inside the top 5% in terms of uh, points allowed to uh, per possession. Uh, and again, they're really close to Miami in the Ken Palm. So I, I think that this is a really nice uh, spot. You do get a little bit of juice here. It's plus 110 on the money line. Obviously, it's a, they're only small dogs, so you don't get a ton. But uh, I definitely think that that is a game worth wagering on. Yeah, uh, I mentioned it when we went over that game. I, I agree. I think that they're a smart bet. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Laying the Points, brought to you by MyBookie. Please be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And get that deposit bonus on my bookie for using promo code laying the points. Make sure you get in that tournament bracket challenge for a chance to win a million dollars. For Matt LaMarca, I'm Anthony Miko. May the odds be ever in your favor. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.